Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I am Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Peck Baumert. New last name. How you doing, Paige? So good. It's really not that new anymore, but when you're the mom, it always feels new. It's like, (laughs) it's new for like three years. It's got to be. And then after that, it's like, yeah, it's Paige Pick Baumer. Anyway, but but it still feels really, that's true. We could drop the peck. I don't know. I'm going to have to grab onto that and ponder because <laughs> and now I've been saying it on these podcasts, Paige That's okay. Baumer. That's okay. For a long time. All right. Well, anyway, Paige Baumer, here she is, my daughter, lover to death, Pagey Pagey. That's what I call her. <laughs> okay. So today, Paige, we are talking about how to govern your own brain. So, you know, people end up in this situation where they feel like things are happening around them. They're getting overwhelmed. They're getting stressed, frustrated, and they just start feeling like there is no way to be able to focus on everything that they need to focus on at the same time. And they get overwhelmed. Sometimes they lose control. In fact, when a person can't focus in their own brain, sometimes that is the very thing that takes them over the edge. That's what makes them lose it. But what if... What if that person could learn how to focus their own brain, how to govern it in that minute when it seemed like there was too much craziness going on? Well, guess what? There is a way and we're going to talk about it today and it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's what we're doing today. But first, just like we always do, tradition, tradition, we are going to talk about a fun family activity. Paige, what type of a fun family activity would you like to talk about today? Yes. So today we are going to talk about how to make homemade bubbles. Yes. I love that. And this is good for summer or winter because as we know, in the winter, if it's cold enough, you can get bubbles to freeze. And that's really cool. It's really cool. I know. (laughs) In fact, I think this recipe that we have for you would be the kind that would freeze. I love that. Because they even have a little bit of sugar crystals in them, which Mm. couldn't freeze. And these type of bubbles, they call them mile high bubbles. These are the ones that like, they last for a long time. They don't pop under the pressure as much. So here you go. Here is the recipe for the mile high bubbles. Two cups warm water. One third cup dish soap. Pick your color, but clear is always nice. One quarter cup corn syrup. It's that corn syrup that's going to give them a little bit of sticky so that when they come out as a bubble, they stay in their bubble shape just a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. which is nice. And so you'll have these bubbles that can go the distance. Now there is one slight problem and that is you're going to want to play with these babies outside because if they're sticky and they pop on stuff, well, you could have to clean it little bit of a stick mess. <laughs> so instead of just a slippery floor, you would have a slippery sticky floor somehow. Anyways, so Unless what you, you took need out to- the corn syrup, then you could just, then you'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, the general rule with making your own bubbles is you want to have kind of more of a slippery soapy than, than watery. You want it to be more soapy than watery. That's basically mm-hmm. what the basic bubble recipe is. Now, what are you going to make those bubbles? with you got to look around your house and find cool things you know like 
find like a canning ring, you know, dip it in there, see if you can blow it, uh, get some string or some yarn, put it on some sticks, right? And then like put it in there and have one, one of the pieces that's bigger than the other. So the one across the top of the two sticks is going to be shorter and like at least double the size, maybe triple the size. The one that is below that one that hooks also between the sticks and hooks to that other string at the top. So that when you open the sticks, it, it leaves a gap and then you swing it around outside or inside. That, that's for the big ones, right? Or you can just take the little bubble containers that you got at the store for 50 cents or 25 cents and go get those blowers and go out there and blow. There's all kinds of things that you might be able to find that are round circles with holes in the middle that you could figure out how to blow bubbles through. Or maybe not even circles. Fun. Ooh, could be a square, but you know, I hate to ruin it for you. When it comes out of the square, it's circle. Darn it. <laughs> I mean, every time I've tried a different shape, it comes out circle. So anyway, okay. there you go. Yep. There you go. So have a fun time, do a bubble activity. You know, it doesn't even matter the age I have. I have been in Central Park before and there's been these bubble blowers there, you know, and I'm just like, yes, and I go play in the bubbles. It is just fun for all ages. Play in bubbles and have fun. Like Paige said, winter or summer or spring or fall is always a good time, unless it's super duper windy outside like it is at my house right now. I would not go out and do bubbles today, but <laughs> another day when it's not windy, <laughs> I will do bubbles. All right. Well, here at the Teaching Self-Government podcast, we look at every topic through the lens of self-government. Paige, there's about a billion ways we could describe self-government, but what's our most favorite? Our most favorite is self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Love that. So Paige, you were raised with self-government always since you were a little girl. Mm -hmm. And how do you think it has benefited you? Oh my goodness. So much. Because me, I am a very, I can be very stubborn, very bullheaded. Um, oh, yes. I'm going to just, I'm just going <laughs> to attest to that. Paige, strong-willed, bullheaded. Yes. Okay. <laughs> just going to say that. Yeah. But I'm I love that because that means you, that means you do stuff. Like you're yeah. not the kind that's just going to sit around and let life pass you by. You're going to do something with your life, you mm -hmm. know, which is great. Yeah. And that has always been the plan. But if I didn't have self-government, sometimes I do sit and think what my life would be like without it. And I don't think I would be married to the man that I am today. Um, and if I was, I don't think I would treat him as well as I do. Um, I don't think, you know, I wouldn't be the same person I am today. Because I feel like since I am very stubborn and I am very much like my mother. Wink, wink. Yes, true, yes, true, yes. true then I would be kind of set in my ways. I'm the type that when I find something I want to do, I do it. And that was true for my dating life and for many other aspects of my life. But I could see myself being a very different person, less motivated to live the good parts of life than I am now. And I also saw the difference, even though I didn't live it, I saw the difference with my friends mm. when I was growing up. So I grew up with self-government, whereas a lot of my friends did not. In fact, most of them did not. 
And as they got older, they started arguing with their parents more. Their parents didn't know how to control them, how to handle them. Um, They're always complaining about how their parents were so stupid or they're like, oh, my gosh, I I just can't handle my mom, this, that and the other. Um, And it was really sad to see because I would always tell my friends, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, like my mom and I were best friends. We love each other. Like, yeah, she's my mom, but we are besties. Mm-hmm. And that has been true for, I would say, the majority of my life. Mm-hmm. And so, but it was really sad to see my friends not grow up with that and to not have that structure or that consistency in the parenting and relationships in their home. Yeah. So it sounds like you really recognized that you had something special in your life, a gift, a blessing. And, you know, when you say you wouldn't have married the guy that you've married a hundred percent true on that, when you said that, I was like, that's totally true. He would not have married somebody who was a grump. He would not have married me. Yeah. Mm -mm, He wouldn't. And, and truthfully Paige, with your personality and as strong willed as you are and stuff, you could have been one of those women one of those girls who is controlling, ornery, complaining, like you could have been that person. I know people who have your similar personality who are not happy people. Mm-hmm. And you could have been one of them. And instead, everybody's like, oh, Paige, she's one of the happiest people I know. I mean, that doesn't mean <laughs> like you're happy 24 7 all no. the time, but like pretty much you are, you know, I mean, life is life, right? But, well, it's a choice. but pretty much you keep a sunny, you keep a sunny disposition. You choose to have a sunny disposition every day. You spread goodness, happiness, you maintain joy, even if every second of your day isn't hundred percent perfect. And, and people notice because that's a self-government decision that you have made. And so this has been huge for your life. Anyway, well, that one little question just went right on there. We just took a little tangent, but <laughs> self-government, we looked through everything. Yeah. We look through everything through the lens of self-government here. And you know what? I think it's valuable to hear what your life has been like with self-government because then people can know the difference. So even with like married life, like with married life, it's been so helpful as well because I've been able to increase my um, communication effectiveness with my husband, which has brought us closer together and more, you know, on the same page. Whereas Mm -hmm. I see some other people, they're like, I I just don't know how to talk to my husband about this, or Mm -hmm. I just don't know how to approach this. I'm like, oh, I got you. Let me help you. (laughs) Right, right. And I'm not perfect at it. Um, In fact, there have been multiple times where I get frustrated and I find myself, you know, kind of getting caught up in the moment. I'm like, wait a second, I can do better than this. I know better Mm -hmm. than this. Okay. But that's a huge thing. You actually catch yourself. You catch your brain getting caught up in the moment. You stop yourself and you do something about it. So I think that brings us into what we're talking about today, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is how to govern our own brains. How do we get our brains to do what we want them to do and not what the default is, the habit, not get controlled by the emotions and stuff like that. Because here's the thing, whether you know it or not, emotions definitely can control you. I mean, that's just hundred percent emotions. True, true. Now emotions serve us and we need to make sure we talk about that. This isn't the podcast all about emotions. Well, that will have to be a different (laughs) one. Um, But this is the podcast where we talk about controlling ourselves and where we talk about uh, knowing what's going on inside our brains and, and what we can do about it. But if it were the podcast all about emotions, I would definitely make sure that I said something to the effect of emotions are really important. 
They're a big part of who we are. We need to understand each other's emotions. We need to understand our own emotions and what we're going through. And we need to be able to talk about our emotions with people at the right time and in the right way. But we need to not be in bondage to our emotions. Okay. So that's, we're going to just leave it right there because I can't go into a whole podcast about emotions right now. That's no. not, it's not on the docket for today, but we will get to, um, we will get to that another time. So let's talk about our brains. I've been reading this book page and I know you haven't read it, but I, I've been working on it. I'm not even quite done yet, but it's called your brain on music. And I've thought about you. Oh, many times. Sounds like a good one. Yes. Because you are just musician, you know, like that's for sure you anyway. So I thought about you many times because there's all this stuff about timbre and tempo and rhythm and <laughs> everything and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow, I feel like a music nerd all of a sudden. Anyway. So I <laughs> I'm reading this book, your brain on music. And, and in the book, he, the author of the book who I, actually forget his name because I'm bad with names. That's just go yes, figure. And I don't oh, have the book okay. in front of me, but, <laughs> but he's great. Anyway. Uh, I mean, I don't really know him, but the book's, <laughs> the book's been interesting. Um, I mean, I'm not going to put it on my must reads for the year list or anything like that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's been a fun one. And in this, in this book, he actually mentions that he says, you know, uh, your brain, because he's always talking about your brain on music and what happens to your brain when you listen to music. And it's really fascinating because he, he knows a lot about the brain. And, and that's fun because I love studying the brain as well. And talks about the different parts of the brain and how they relate to music. But in this one part, he said, you know, when you are in a concert hall, like let's say you're in a concert hall and you're listening to a band play or sing or whatever, or, or you know, a group sing, you can zero in on one sound. And it's so true. Like I can listen, there's this acapella harmony group, um, that my son was in when he was in college and, and it was this awesome acapella group. And, and I have like, every time I get in the car and my phone turns on automatically, you know, when your songs just automatically turn on, there's these songs from my son's group that are just there that always play. And, <laughs> and I, I can, if I really tune in, Sometimes even if I don't fully tune in, I can hear my son's voice. Now, this acapella group is like so matchy-matchy on the sound and all the harmonies. And they're so perfect. I mean, you know, everything is just right there. And I'm sure most people could never hear my, my son's sound. But I can because I know his sound. I know what he sounds like. So mm -hmm. every once in a while, I'll hear a note where I'm like, oh, that's Quinn. That's my son. That's his timbre. And I just know it because I because I know his sound. Or he he might be doing percussion. And I'm like, okay, I can hear that that is that is a percussion sound he would make. And I and so it's so fun for me. Uh, Porter will be like, Mom, why, why <laughs> do we keep listening to this? And I'm like, it's so fun because I can hear him and I just feel like I'm listening to Quinn. Yeah, no, it's actually singing. very similar with me. I'm a section leader in one of, in my choir that I'm in up here at university. And um, so my job is to like, listen to all of the altos that I'm in charge of and give them pointers, you know, on how they can improve where, you know, different notes need work, stuff like that. And I remember our choir has split due to COVID and stuff. And so we've been working on different songs and I was sitting there listening to the altos in this, you know, second half of the choir sing their song. And I immediately heard this one, this one alto's voice. And I just kind of tuned into that and I was able to give her some great specific pointers at the end of the performance. 
um, and just, you know, kind of praise her for being prepared with her music. And it was really interesting because everything was very well blended. You know, collegiate chorus or choirs are really good at that. But when you're, when you're a section leader like I am and you're listening for specific things, you hear them. Mm -hmm. And I was able to hear her voice specifically. And I thought that was really interesting. Um, And so I was able to really kind of. You could have chosen not to hear her voice. You could have actually chosen in your brain. I just want to hear the whole sound, like Mm -hmm. the the whole rounded, all of it blending together sound. You could have picked that. Mm -hmm. So when I go to the symphony, I can hear the whole orchestra or I can hear that one bassoon or that one trumpet or that one lead violin. Like I can hear, I can pick out the people too, especially if you're watching their movements, you can definitely hear it. But this also works like in conversations. I could be at a party. I could be in a conference hall. There could be tons of people talking and having conversations, but I can focus on the one person that I want to hear speak. I can focus on the one conversation that I want to have, even though there's conversations happening all around me. How do I do that? How do I do that? Well, my brain can do it. My brain and my ears, and they, they can do it. The brain is that good that it can find the one thing you want to find and focus only on that. Mm-hmm. Now, I want you to know that this can happen with music and with conversation, even with people who have trouble focusing. They might have to focus a little bit harder, but their brain can do it. They Mm -hmm. might have to train it a little harder, but their brain can do it. And it is a beautiful thing. I mean, if you think of like babies, you know, babies, when they're in a mommy's tummy, they hear their daddy's voice. And when that baby comes out and they hear their mommy's voice, when that baby comes out, they just know there's something about that daddy's voice. He's, he's usually like the alpha sound because it's the deepest sound that they heard from the time, you know, of inception. Like when they were just conceived, it was like, ah, like they know that sound. <laughs> and so they can recognize it no matter what, anywhere for the rest of their lives because that sound is a timbre that they heard through all the sound of mama's body noises and, and everything else, they were able to hear that sound and they know that sound. So it's a beautiful thing. So, so how in the world does this relate to self-government? That's what, that's what we're going to talk about is how this concept relates. Because um, if we understand some more things about what our brain can do, and I talk about brain stuff a lot. I talk about the prefrontal cortex well, because versus a lot of brain versus back brain, you know. A lot of self-government happens in the brain, so it would only make sense. Yeah, actually 98% of self-government <laughs> happens in the brain. I mean, we can say have a meeting, that's a structural thing. Have a family activity, structural thing. Make a vision, that's a structural thing. Well, it's a, a vision, it's a, it's a tone thing as well. But we can say you know, learn these skills, how to follow instructions, accept no answers, disagree appropriately, blah, 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 how to correct effectively, da, 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 how to do it with calmness. But guess what? The decision to do all that stuff, to stay on track with all that is in the brain. Um, mm-hmm. The focus on the skill is in the brain. The, um, the focus on the calmness during when somebody is out of control and when you're trying to help them be calm is all in your brain. I mean, that it's the words coming out are just the littlest bit. Mm-hmm. but all of it is really being formulated in the brain. It's happening in the brain. So it's essential that we know what part of the brain we want to stay in. 
So Paige, there, there's different parts of the brain. What, what part of the brain do we want to stay in and why? Yeah. So you've got, like you said, different sides. You've got the front of the brain, the back of the brain, and some people even say upstairs, downstairs brain. But the main one we want to focus on is the prefrontal cortex, which is your problem solving area of the brain or, you know, front brain. Mm-hmm. because that is where you're able to problem solve. Like we talked about in our last podcast, where we're able to figure things out and we're able to put processes and things together. And that's also where we think the clearest too. So when we're in the back brain, that means we're letting our emotions control our actions instead of the front brain where logic is the most present. Absolutely. That is true. Now, our front part of the brain can do an amazing thing to control all the rest of it. It can put the attention where you want it to go. Mm -hmm. So I want you to focus on that. It can put the attention where you want it to go. So if you decide to pay attention to eating dinner, like you're enjoying it, you're giving it your total attention, then you will actually eat your dinner. But if during eating dinner, somebody's talking to you and you're getting engaged in the conversation and you're giving that person your attention, before you know it, you look at your plate and you're like, I'm not even in the mood for this anymore and it's cold. And you (laughs) didn't even eat it because you didn't give it your attention. You gave something else your attention. So that front brain picks what gets your attention. So if you have a problem with eating too much dinner, then probably you've got to focus on your attention, You know, keeping your attention where it needs to, or eating the wrong food, okay, change the attention, right? Let's not mm-hmm. go to, you know, candy and chocolate and whatever, you know. So we can decide whatever we want to give our attention. And here's the thing, Eric Broderick said, that which we choose to give attention gains power. Ooh, that's deep. Yeah, so if we give our family attention, they gain power. If we give chocolate attention, it gains more power over That's us. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> If we give our TV the attention, it gains power over the family. If we give our emotions attention, they gain power over us. And there is a battle that exists between logic, planned thought, being in control, and the emotions taking over and and you losing control. That is a battle that happens. The emotions are part of the body voice, and that logic is part of the, the brain voice. And really, truly, I mean, there is a difference between the mind and the brain and the mind, I believe, is very hooked to the spiritual or the heart and the will. And so that that will to move yourself into the right part of the brain is enormous. So when I'm sitting in, at the symphony and I want to hear a certain instrument, my will focuses me in on that. It may seem like a little fun trick at the time, like nothing that seems <laughs> too difficult. But the thing is, is you could do it at any minute. And with so, anything. Yeah. So if I have a person yelling at me in my face, I can, I can say to myself, I'm not putting my focus on their yelling and I'm not going to put my focus on my feelings. I'm going to put my focus on exactly what's happening and what should be happening and, and what it is, who I am in this situation, who I need to be and, and what things I need to say and what tone I need to have. So I put my focus on the right things. So instead of saying, I can't believe he said that to me, because that puts me in back brain, that's emotional reaction. Instead, I would go to front brain and I would say, right now he's getting angry. If I can describe what somebody's doing, they're getting angry. Right now he thinks I don't understand. What is it that he wants me to understand right now? And so there's a seek to understand that comes in place. And I deliberately do it just like I would seek to understand the instrument that's being played 
at the orchestra in the orchestra mm-hmm. or that voice that's on that that cd that i'm listening to or whatever yeah, I would well, in, another, in another circumstance it's so like we're from a very snowy climate driving in the snow can be very stressful and you know you've got um snowflakes flying in your face so that's a thousand different things that could get in the way of your problem solving right but in order to stay safe safe you know that you have to focus on the lines that you can barely see in the road focus on how fast you're going focus on um pumping the brakes when you have to slow down you know all those safety measures and you tune everything else out even if you have a child screaming in the back you know you are tuning them out momentarily so that you can stay safe mm-hmm. it's true because your brain knows i have to focus on this i cannot focus on anything else otherwise everything will fall apart mm-hmm. right but it's funny that we can do that then and and in a in a in an emergency or in a when crisis situation when safety is on the line but for some reason when somebody's yelling at us in our face or whining or had having a tantrum we just like jump in we we just like let the emotional toss us around i think because we don't like necessarily adrift see at sea yeah we, we don't, don't see that as a danger yeah we don't because it's not an immediate like oh we're all gonna die but if it's not taken care of then it does become a danger. And that's when people become worried about their family relationships. They're like, oh my goodness, we're headed for, you know, a really icy road. I am from Arizona and I don't know how to drive in the snow. (laughs) Right. But when it comes to relationships, you know, and so that's what really seeking to understand, you know, those different situations and those different, especially your different children um, and different relationships um, can do. It's like, look deeper, look deeper into yourself and your behaviors and your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And what, what thoughts do you want to have and decide to have them decide to focus in on those thoughts. Be calm, be calm. Am I calm? Where am I at on this? Am I ready to communicate? What words do I want to say? Focus, Mm -hmm. focus. And then even if they're yelling in your face, you say the words and you focus on the words that you're going to say and not on the yelling that is coming back from you. And I know people might think, well, heavens, Nicolene, does, does that mean you're just ignoring the other person? No, no. because the other person, Paige, maybe would have been the other person, always knows <laughs> that the rule is that we don't talk about it until everybody's calm because we're not going to get anywhere. It's true. And so she, and she knows every word I'm going to say before I start saying it anyway, mm-hmm. because she knows the skill of how I'm going to help calm her down. Yeah. And this is something we do called the rule of three with the teaching self-government system. Yeah. That actually reminds you do me. not of... know this, go to teachingselfgovernment.com, <laughs> get the teaching self-government parenting course, get going on calmness because you need those skills so that you don't have to be trapped anymore. Yeah. No, that just kind of what you were saying about that. It reminded me of, you know, another scenario where really seeking to understand and knowing those skills is good. Um, I know when I was younger and we were auditioning to get into a women's barbershop chorus, we had to sing our part in a quartet. Mm. So it was just us singing our part with three other ladies, all three, all three singing different parts. And it was interesting because you had to listen to everyone else so that you knew you were blend. Uh-huh, yeah. in the right place, but you also had to know your part and be confident in what you were singing. And that takes practice. And I think that's the same with skills that we teach. And especially when you have someone screaming in your face, you, you know, you want to listen to what they have to say most of the time. 
Um, well, but, during the scream, it's not very productive. Instead, right. it's better to be like they're screaming. They're upset. <laughs> Clearly, they are upset. Yeah. Clearly, they want to tell me something. Let's get to a place where I can hear what they have to say. Yeah. Because right now, it's not going to go anywhere, right? But I could even say to them, and sometimes I do, sometimes I say, it sounds to me like you really want to talk to me about your curfew. And I'm okay talking about that, but not until we're calm. So let's get calm first. Yeah. And then we'll talk about the curfew. And those are, so, and those are words that have been practiced, right? And so you're confident oh, yeah. with that, knowing that you will stay calm because you know your part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always, my big, my formula is, it seems to me you want to tell me something. I want to know what that is, but we need to choose to be calm first. Then we can talk about it. So when I say, I can see that you want to talk to me about your curfew, that's the same as, it seems to me you want to tell me something. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's curfew. I've heard you, you know, and I want to talk to you about the curfew. I'm willing to, let's do have a talk about that. So that goes with, I want to know what that is. And then the end part is, but we've got to get calm. And then we can talk about it. calmness first, then we will discuss curfew. So then the end part of that formula is, but we need to get calm first, then we can talk about it. Right. So that's my little formula that I think through when somebody is going out of control and I'm trying to seek to understand them. I think to myself, what are they doing? What do they need to be doing? What do I need to tell them? And I've got certain things that I need to tell them, but it keeps me in this part of my brain where I am choosing to focus on getting myself ready, preparing the right words, and then touching them and understanding them. And I do it systematically, step by step. So if somebody all of a sudden is getting angry, I think to myself, they're getting angry. First thing I do is I check myself and I ask myself, am I calm? And I do a check, check on the voice, check on the body language, check on, you know, the words I'm going to say and everything. Mm -hmm. And then, and then I tell myself, okay, um, you know, what is it that they need to do? Let's see if I can help them get to that place. So then I might instruct them to, you know, close their eyes and take three deep breaths or to get calm first, then we'll talk about it. And if they take no action, then at that point, then I know that the next thing I need to do is I need to connect to them with love, with my eye contact, while I say the steps to the skill that we've both practiced together for how to solve this problem and how to help them get calm and help keep me calm at the same time. And this is power. When I give my attention to calm and only to calm first, then guess what has the most power in the whole conversation? It's not the curfew. It's not the somebody's teasing me. It's not whatever it is. It is the calm. Mm -hmm. The calm gets all the power. Nobody can fight it because that's where I've given my full attention. And I'm the one who's leading and pointing the direction. And then everyone has to get to calm. That's how it works because that's, what's got the power. The out of control doesn't get any power when calm comes in. So then once everybody gets to calm, then we really understand. Mm -hmm. We don't just seek to understand. We really go into that understanding. We have good conversations. We plan for success in the future. We make sure that people don't feel like they need to go to this extreme again in order to get understood because we wanted to understand them all the way along. It just needed to happen with calmness. Yep. And it's really hard, like you said, for someone to fight that intense focus on calm. Um, Mm -hmm. If you've ever seen like any role plays or you've been in conversations where people are angry and yelling and tensions are high, And you have that one person, whether it's the old lady in the back of the room, who's just super calm, but like you, you can tell that the calmness isn't really affected because that's what's being focused on. Mm -hmm. And it Mm -hmm. just kind of 
Yeah. It, it maintains power no matter mm-hmm. what. Those are the people you're drawn to. So yeah. if you want your children to be drawn to you, then you've got to hold the power. And the power is in calmness. Now, let's just not forget the the topic of the day is you have to put your attention on what is going to be most productive for you. That's how you govern your own brain. You say, where do I want my attention to be? Do I want it to be on my own feelings and emotions right now? Well, if so, you're going to play the victim for a while and then have to, (laughs) you know, down, 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 and then maybe dig yourself out of it. And then, and is it worth it? Right. Hopefully you plan ahead of time. No, that's not worth it. So let's not put my attention there. Let's put my attention on calmness. Let's put my attention on connecting with the other person by eye contact and love and listening to them and seeking to understand them. So remember, like Eric Broderick said, that which we choose to give attention gains power. I'm going to be grateful for that statement forever because when he said that, I was like, that is what I have been living. And that sums it up Mm -hmm. perfect. I was so excited about that. So everybody, thank you for joining us on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. It's been a great time to be with you. And if you would like to learn more about self-government, about controlling yourself, helping others learn the skills to control themselves, which basically is the language of freedom, (laughs) then go to teachingselfgovernment.com. We've got courses, books, articles, free things. Go find some stuff there to get started on learning self-government for you. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.